Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm here to teach you how to find joy, even in the hardest times, and to live the happiest, most fulfilled life you possibly can, while also having a positive impact on the world around you. Treat this podcast as your one-stop shop for all things personal development, health, business, and social justice. Without further delay, let's get unscripted. So I am calling this unscripted because that's exactly what it is. I These conversations are literally just reflections on what's going on inside my head in any given moment. And I like to just speak from the heart, speak from my experience, from my knowledge, from my education, and I like to keep it pretty open-ended just to see where the conversation takes me. It's fun to see where we end up. And I have found as well that this has been a great growth opportunity for me. So y'all know I am a perfectionist in recovery. I will own this title. I'm an Enneagram One. The struggle is real. And the idea of recording something live really tests the boundaries of my comfort zone. I've historically always been the type of person that would love to just prepare, 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 right? Um, make sure that all my ducks are in a row, make sure that everything is executed in the best possible way. I never, historically, never had the belief that there was a such thing as good enough. I always felt like you had to do things to the best of your ability or you're failing. And there was no middle ground there, which made it really hard because in life, guys, we are never going to get things 100% correct, especially when we're stepping outside of our comfort zones, when we're trying new things. We're human and there is a process that you kind of have to go through in order to become good at something. So if I wanted to record this, um, not live, it would take me 10 times as long. I would constantly be stopping, starting over. The idea of having to edit something down, would I, there would be no end. It would never be perfect enough. So the thought process behind you know the unscripted theme is just simply that it's testing me in my personal growth to come on live and just speak from the heart, see what happens. And um, you guys get a more genuine, authentic version of me that way as well. So that's the thought process behind that. I know we normally have a broader theme of something we're talking about, but this was a spontaneous choice to have this conversation. So I have some ideas and we'll just see how it shakes out. The first thing I was thinking about was... Every day I wake up and the second I pull up my phone, I'm looking at my time hop and my Facebook memories. I don't know why this is how I want to start my day, but it's always how I end up starting my day. And I hope that other people can relate to the process of looking at your Facebook memories and having that cringe moment 
of some random shit that you said 10 years ago that you cannot believe that there was once a version of you that existed that still like said some shit like that and it's on the internet and pops up and reminds you every single year. And I was thinking about this and the reaction I was having to this. And one of my favorite tools that I love to use is the art of reframing. I picked this up at a personal development conference a few years ago. And in a nutshell, it simply is taking our negative reactions, things that, you know, we're not reacting in a positive way to, and figuring out how we need to spin it so that we can have a positive reaction to it. Very simple. Sometimes with bigger things, you know, bigger than Facebook memories, you might need a buddy to help you through this. I do recommend that you have reframing partners in your inner circle, people you know that are naturally drawn to positivity that can help you when you're struggling or feeling down or stuck in a negative emotion to kind of pull you out of that shit. But my the way that I applied this to Facebook memories was instead of looking back and cringing or being the Enneagram one self-critical of, I can't believe I said some shit like that, I decided to appreciate the growth. Like the fact that you're looking back on it and you are like, ooh, that's disgusting, shows just how far you've come over the years, how far you've matured, right? How far we've evolved. And, you know, we are never going to be perfect in all aspects. I hope 10 years from now, I look back on the content that I'm putting on social media today, and I'm still cringing. That's kind of the goal, right? Like we don't ever want to be stuck. We don't ever want to feel like the way we were 10 years ago is acceptable to continue to be. You want to always be striving to make progress. And then don't be critical over your past self, even if it was yesterday. The shit you did yesterday can stay in yesterday. You can decide today that you're not that person anymore. You're not going to do some shit like that again. And then you move on from it. So once I went through that reframing process, I started to really regret the decision I made uh, maybe six years ago to uh, deactivate my Twitter account because there was some shit on Twitter. (laughs) And I would love to be able to reflect back on that shit and see how far I've grown since then. But I don't have Twitter anymore and therefore it doesn't show up in my time hop. Still, Facebook's been around a long time. Even Instagram's been around a long time. There is plenty of content on there for me to appreciate the growth. The next random thought that I had in my head today, I'm not exactly sure why, um, was I have come to realize that there are three tiers of people in my life. And it is very easy for me to distinguish between these tiers of people. So my legal name is Nicole. It's spelled with a C-H. And I have never really used this name until my adult life. So in my childhood, my teenage years, high school, college, anybody who knew me back then, everybody only called me Nikki. I never used Nicole. I didn't start using Nicole until I was 22 because I got promoted to be the GM at the spa 
and I was having some insecurity about my age, my lack of experience, and for some reason I thought Nicole like would make people take me more seriously. I don't know. Um, and actually, I'm not even sure if this was my own idea or if someone around me planted that seed in my head. It could have been the latter. But either way, uh, I ordered new business cards, got a new name tag, all, all the things, and changed my email signature. Everything changed to Nicole from a professional setting. And then from there, it just got easier. Like at networking events and stuff, I got so used to introducing myself to Nicole that I found that I started to just use Nicole in my everyday life when I would meet people. Um, but now that I am the COO, now that I'm very established in my career, I'm kind of just over it. I let it go, but I realized that I can judge the tier of people, right? Based on the name that they call me. So Nicole is the very surface level person. That's someone who either only knows me in a professional setting or maybe even someone who just knows me from social media um, because my name on Instagram is Nicole. So that is very surface level relationship right there. Then Nikki would be anybody who I go way back with. So if you've known me for 15 years or longer, you have a hard time calling me anything but Nikki. This is my entire family calls me Nikki. Um, Anybody from school age, like elementary school, high school, all y'all call me Nikki. And then Nick has evolved to become my inner circle. So if we're real tight, if you're in my close group of friends, um, you'll call me Nick. And I like to just think that's because you guys think of me so often and that you know, you speak to me so often that it's just the efficient route to go. It's the single syllable. It's just easier. And that's why y'all call me Nick. But those are my three tiers of people in my life. It is, it, my mind was exploding when I was thinking about this because I don't think that there is a single outlier. Like this is so true for me um, that that happens. So that was my random thought. I do have someone who just sent me a request to pop in my video, and I feel like I do not want to accept that. So we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it moving. Uh, last night we did something fun in my Instagram stories, and we played a little game of true and false. And I loved the feedback that we got from this. So I'm gonna touch a little bit on some of the things that. You know, we had a statement and what y'all said and whether I agree or disagree. The first thing was, is I only had one person, one person agree with me that Good News was the best album of 2020. One. And I now feel like an incredible kinship to her. We bonded over this. And it got me thinking about, you know, all of y'all that clicked false And it makes me sad that so many people that I know have bad taste in music. I'm just kidding. I don't think you guys have bad taste in music. And honestly, so much good good music came out in 2020. It was really hard to make that decision. And when I think about it, good news, I just love it because 
it instantly just puts me in a good mood. I love to work out to it. I love to go on walks with it. It's just something that's like going to make me want to dance and put me in a positive vibe. So I was here for it. But I, you guys had some good answers for things that you know you would pick over that. So we'll let it slide. The thing that really threw me though was how many of you guys thought that I would really be Team Damon over Team Stefan. And I just felt like you you guys know me. Like, it's the Enneagram one thing, but also like, I don't know that I would ever really want to be in a relationship with someone who snapped my brother's neck. I think more than once he killed her brother. Like, that's, it's not, it's toxic. I'm, I'm too old. So, you know, we're not amplifying toxic relationships in 2021. We're letting it go. So listen, if you guys want to talk it out, we can chat about it. But I'm just saying that if you have a choice between choosing a nice guy and choosing the toxic asshole, let's leave the toxic assholes in the past. Next, I was so happy to report that every single person agreed that Girl Like Me is the best song on Hotels. I love this album. I've talked to a lot of my girlfriends about this album. We all agree that it should have came out like a decade earlier. Like none of us are really relating to it at this point in our lives. And there really isn't a bad choice for the best song. And that got me thinking about why I wanted to highlight these two albums to begin with. And I honestly just think it comes down to the belief that I am going to support women making music about whatever the fuck they want to make music about. Like men have been doing it for years. And I just feel like if a girl has something she wants to say, she's going to put it on a song and I'm going to support it. So maybe I'm drawn to the controversy of, of it and people criticizing or having opinions or judgments. And maybe that's why I'm super fond of it. But I'm just here for it. I just think that it breaks down barriers Uh, It normalizes, you know, women being able to speak freely, to not have to walk on eggshells. So I support it. Great music. Give it a listen if you haven't. Next, I asked if I would be at Team Adam Grant or Team Malcolm Gladwell. And I will say that a lot of you guys got this wrong. And I think that it may be because of Instagram. Adam is a lot more active on Instagram than Malcolm is. So I repost a lot of his things more often. But the reality is, is no one's ever going to compare to Malcolm's brain. Like when I am asked the question of, you know, if you could have dinner with any person living or dead, who would you choose? I literally struggle between choosing Barack Obama or Malcolm Gladwell. Like that's how high up he is that is for me, like how much I would really enjoy wanting to have a conversation with this man. And even though he's not active on social, you know, I listen to his podcast religiously. It's great. Revisionist history. Go check it out. And I've ha- I have all of his books. So it's my jam. I definitely would choose Malcolm. I did ask a question that really got me laughing about Enneagram. So I talked to you guys and asked if 
It's true that certain Enneagram types are better than others. And almost everybody who said that that was true, that there are better Enneagram types, was an Enneagram one. And I was like, okay, guys, like, are we that judgmental that we just think that we're so superior to other people? But I also wonder if it's the opposite. Is it the ones in like inner critic is so strong that they actually think that they're the worst Enneagram type? So I need some of you guys to clear clear that up for me on that um, because it's actually false. So there is no specific type that is better than another type. For each individual person, you're going to have different preferences. So your personality may click specifically with a different Enneagram type and maybe doesn't click with another one, but that's going to vary from person to person and it is very subjective. Objectively speaking, all Enneagram types are created equal and um, it really just kind of depends on you. I have learned that I need to pay attention a little bit more to the growth arrows and um, the stress arrows in Enneagram. So for every type, you have a type that you gravitate towards when you're in a state of growth, and you will actually take on the positive qualities of that type when you're in a state of growth. And then you have a type that you gravitate towards in a state of stress, where you take on the negative qualities of that type um, in those situations. So for me, my growth arrow is to an Enneagram 7. Uh, I really am focused on joy. You guys know I love it. I talk about it all the time. And just positivity and creating great experiences in my life. And I find that I gravitate towards that Enneagram 7 energy because they display a lot of traits that I would like to have in myself. And the same way, an Enneagram 7 stress arrow is to a 1. So when they are stressed, they take on all the negative traits of an Enneagram 1. And I find that I'm more equipped to be able to handle that uh, because those are traits that I can relate to. So my best friend's an Enneagram 7, and when she gets, you know, in full stress mode, she becomes very perfectionistic, very critical, um, and, you know, all those traits of I'm going to do it all myself because no one can do it as good as me. And I find it's easier for me not to take that personally or not to have a negative reaction to that because I have a deep understanding of it. So you listen, for you personally, you may find that there's situations like that where you have specific types that you relate to more than others, but just know that all of them are equal in the grand scheme of things. The next question was about my cheerleading days. So I described myself in high school as the world's most unathletic, we're making this a word, cheerleader with the biggest bows. And some of y'all said that was false. And I started to think like, oh, they probably just don't know better. But one was my mom. She might be biased. (laughs) And some of you guys were actually people who knew me in high school. One was on the squad with me in high school. And I just don't know what you guys were thinking. I don't know if it's just maybe that it's been 15 years 
and you know you have that selective memory and you're confused or maybe you associate me with my current state like I work out every day I would consider myself to be athletic now like I think I could take any of you in a plank competition um but back then (laughs) no no I'm sorry it's not true it's just it's not true I appreciate the sentiment though Then we dived into my goals growing up. So my whole life, literally since I could remember, uh, I've always only wanted to be a lawyer. I knew I was going to go to law school. I knew I was going to be a lawyer. I had a plan even. Like I was going to do criminal defense for a while because I knew I would have to pay down my student loans um, and, you know, stack some money away. But my end goal was always... I was going to do pro bono civil rights work. That was the end game. I just needed to be in a financial position in order to make that work. Then fast forward to high school graduation. Summer after high school graduation, I got pregnant with my daughter. Started college while pregnant. Made it through one whole semester before dropping out. And then I just started working a lot. And I am so grateful for how things turned out. I really want you guys to think about reflecting back on your lives and think about things that you wish you would have had or dreams that you wish you would have came true or relationships you wish would have worked out. And just think about everything that happened for you because you didn't get what you wanted. The way that that ripple effect occurs and all of the positive outcomes that can come from not getting what we think we want in our current state. So in the beginning of this conversation, we talked about reflecting on your Facebook memories and cringing about the things that you did or said 10 years ago in the past. And think about, okay, the dreams of that person 10 years ago in the past. Would I really want to be living the life that that person had dreamed up for me. No, no. Um, So, you know, don't take it as something that is a negative. Don't take it as something that's a major setback. Don't take it as a failure. When you don't achieve things that you thought you were going to achieve, maybe it just means that you were supposed to be on a different path. So just keep that in mind. And I feel this way 100% with going to law school. Um, I went to my five-year high school reunion and I was already, you know, the general manager of the spa at that time. Um, Shortly after that, I became the regional director overseeing multiple locations. And my, you know, class that I graduated with, a lot of them were just now entering the workforce. They were stuck in entry-level positions Um, They accumulated a lot of debt, which I'm so grateful to not have those student loans that I have to pay back right now. And I, you know, just reflected back on it and was like, you know what, maybe it worked out for the best. And I did follow this up with the fact that I would have been an exceptional lawyer if anybody's ever entered into a debate with me. Or if you just know me really well and know my heart, like I love people and I love helping people and serving people, I think all of that would have made me a really great lawyer. But I do think that I can have an impact and inspire change without having to 
you know, invest the years and the cash in order to get my law degree. So grateful, grateful for sure. Now, to end this, my final true or false post was pizza over everything. And three of y'all said false. And I just have questions. I I really have questions because I just felt like this was a no-brainer. This was the easiest option that I gave you guys. Everybody should have got this correct. And it really, really makes me have to like reevaluate some things and think about, you know, who I have following me that three of y'all would say false to this. And that wraps up today's chat. Thank you for letting me get unscripted with you. If you want to support the show, make sure to subscribe, share with friends, and give the show a five-star rating. If you're looking to get unscripted more than just once per week, be sure to connect with me on Instagram for exclusive content at Nick, N-I-K underscore unscripted.